ESCOM this morning, as we've just said, implemented stage six load shedding from around four o'clock this morning. This follows the tripping of a, of generation units at Gusile and Creel power stations. Yesterday, five generating units at Gusile, Arnott and Camden, as well as two units at Duba power station broke down. The embattled power utility has warned that should any further breakdowns occur, higher stages of load shedding may be implemented at short notice. ESCOM is expected to brief the media later this morning at 10 o'clock on the outlook of the load shedding stages for the week ahead. We, of course, as I mentioned earlier on, um, had been trying to get a comment from them, but uh, they, they since said, we, we will hear like everybody else at 10 o'clock, and I hope you have power to hear them at 10 I'm now joined on the line by energy expert Chris Yelland on, on, on this crisis at ESCOM. And, and Chris, I appreciate your time with us this morning on the, the weekend view. I imagine many people are just, are just wondering, how, how close are we from total collapse? Because it certainly feels like we, we, we are very close to it. Good morning, Sebenzile. Uh, yes, I, I think people have on their mind, um, is this as bad as it gets? Or uh, is there more to come? Uh, there is always a, a risk of um, a national blackout. However, we are assured time and again by Eskom that the risk is very low. Um, but uh, it's not insignificant, and therefore plans have been made by Eskom, for example, on how to do a black start. Uh, so if there was no risk, there wouldn't be need, any need for such plans. So mm. there is a risk. There is a risk. It can happen. It has happened elsewhere in the world. Um, and one has to be prepared for that. Although, as I say, I don't want to be alarmist. As can tell us that the risk is very, very low. However, you know, we are sitting in stage six load shedding now as we speak. It's as bad as it has ever been. Yeah. It's been like this twice before. And... Um, Eskom does have schedules that go up to stage eight. So uh, let's not kid ourselves. Mm. It, it, it could get worse. Mm-hmm. What is what is a black start? What would that actually look like? If there is a so-called national blackout, uh, it's really caused by demand for electricity exceeding supply yeah. and the inability uh, to manage that demand. In other words, to bring demand back into balance with supply. So if you leave demand exceeding supply and you're not able to reduce demand, uh, things get overloaded, uh, generators get overloaded, and eventually they trip out. And because a generator trips out because it's overloaded, there's less generation capacity. And demand, as we've said, is not being managed, so you can't reduce it. So the situation gets worse. Mm-hmm. Then more generators get overloaded, and the next generator trips out. And it's a cascading effect until eventually the country goes into a national blackout. If the mechanisms uh, to manage demand uh, fail, and there are a number of mechanisms, both manual interventions, like we see now, manual rotating load shedding, as well as automatic interventions that will kick in if the manual interventions are, are failing to bring supply and demand back into balance. So there are all these interventions, uh, but as, assuming a black start uh, 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 becomes necessary, assuming there is a national blackout, I think we just need to try and get in our head how serious the matter is. Yeah. Uh, it, w- it will take a, a week or more 
to restart the network uh, to get things back uh, up and running again. And uh, think of the scenario about what will happen if we go for a week or more without electricity. First of all, your cell phones will run flat and the towers have batteries in them and they will run. So telecommunications will stop. You will not be able to communicate. Uh, banks, the ATMs uh, will not function. Uh, their batteries will run flat. You will not be able to draw money. Uh, so there will be, uh, you, you won't be able to go to a bank or uh, draw, draw money. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to fill up your car with petrol. Uh, and, and petrol will run out uh, because the petrol pumps will not be working. Um, there will be no lights in the street at night. Uh, and even during the day, there'll be no power. You will not be able to buy food at the shops. Um, if you can imagine the scenario uh, of, of what will happen in, in the country in darkness, in the circumstances, I would imagine there'll be widespread looting on a scale that would make uh, the looting we saw in Durban and uh, Houting, uh, you know, at Christmas picnic sure, com- sure. in comparison. The, the, the situation, you know, people will be hungry. They won't, can't communicate. No food, no lights, no money, no petrol. It'll be a yeah. very dangerous situation. You know, Chris, um, we one would think because it's it's a lot warmer now. It's warmer days. We we yeah. are in fact u- using yeah. using far less. Not because we're having all of these these cuts, but it's it's a lot warmer. We're using far less power. Mm. You would mm. think it should have in fact uh, alleviated alleviated some of the, the 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 pressure or some of the demand um, from mm. from ESCOM's end, but it doesn't it doesn't seem like that is the case. No, it's not the case. Let me try and explain why. During the three winter months, the price of electricity from ESCOM to municipalities and to industry basically doubles, okay, mm. during the three, win- the three winter months. And, and therefore, a lot of people cut back on electricity demand. A lot of industry uh, business cuts back on demand during those three winter months. In fact, some of the big electricity users actually shut down during the three winter months, and they do extensive maintenance on their smelters, on their steelworks and plants during those months. They take the opportunity of high prices to say, okay, we've stockpiled our product. Uh, We're now going to shut down, so we're going to save electricity during. So those three months, consumer demand increases because it's cold, people use heaters, and yes. uh, etc. Et but industrial demand and mining demand actually uh, tends to reduce during those months. At the end of winter month, that is at the end of uh, August, at the end of August, uh, just before uh, you know, as spring comes, industry starts up again. Mm. And you tend to find, and, and, and you, it can still be cold at the beginning of September, even though it's spring. Uh, so the combination of industry stepping up demand and uh, consumers not reducing demand necessarily that much means that September is traditionally a high demand month, uh, September and October. Uh, and, and, and so we mustn't think that because we've gone into spring, that suddenly demand uh, for electricity drops. In fact, the opposite.
it's quite it's quite counterintuitive actually. It so is. It th- is. Thanks for explaining that, Chris. Just just quickly, the issue around tariffs here, right now, you know, what thirty two percent, I think it is, um, of, of a hike. How how is that justifiable? Because of, obviously, at a consumer level, you're saying mm-hmm. I'm I'm not getting I'm not getting the service, but the little I am getting is is going to mm. cost me much much more. Surely it's unacceptable. Absolutely. And at one point, at what point does the leadership at ESCOM take accountability? Yeah. A, f- a first thing to say is we haven't had the 32% increase yet. And um, <clears throat> it remains to be seen how NERSA deals with this uh, and whether the ESCOM gets what they ask for. They don't normally get what they ask for. Uh, it, it, it is, uh, 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 for me, it seems to me sometimes that ESCOM see the solutions to their financial prices, their crisis, as uh, putting up their prices. In other words, the only solution that is apparent, uh, they have a, a, a situation where they say they, they are, their electricity price is not cost reflective and they need to put up the price. But there are other ways of ensuring cost reflectivity, not just putting up your price, but that seems to be the only solution ESCOM put on the table. So, for example, instead of putting up the price to be cost reflective, you can reduce your costs in order to be cost reflective. Okay, easier said than done. ESCOM say they are trying to reduce their costs. Uh, But I think we all know that they are overstaffed, uh, that there is a high level of inefficiency, and there is scope for reducing costs. But there are also other ways uh, of, of, um, uh, of dealing with the problem. I believe that there should not just be one solution to this problem. In other words, make the customer pay. There should be multiple lines of attack uh, to try and uh, uh, maintain the price of electricity at lower levels. The bottom line is, if Eskim think that the solution to their problems is putting up their price by 32%, they are wrong because it will really play havoc with the South African economy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it will actually destroy demand, which is maybe what ESCOM needs that's a, <laughs> uh, to, 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 reduce, to, to manage demand. But it has devastating effects on economy, on employment in South Africa, yeah. on social cohesion, it's, uh, on affordability. And it will actually it's, uh, you know, increase levels of theft and non-payment. Yeah, Chris, I'm afraid I'm, I'm completely spiral. out of time. Let's uh, we're going to have yeah. to park it there. I did want to comment on leadership as well, but I'm I'm completely out of time. Um, we'll, sure. we'll pick it up, of course, uh, because this is an ongoing issue in the country. And of course, that press briefing by ESCOM um, at 10 a.m. this morning. That was energy expert Chris Yelland.